Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now it's time for a work break. Happy Friday and welcome to HR Work Break. Today I'm joined by Carol Howard, Chief People Officer at Eptura. Eptura is a global work tech company that provides software solutions for people, workplaces, and assets to enable everyone to reach their full potential. Carol, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Me too. I think this is going to be a great conversation. So speaking of work tech and just the world that we live in, a lot of companies are shifting back to hybrid approaches or um, in-office work. So Zoom specifically is transitioning its offices to a structured hybrid work approach. So what are the pros and cons to hybrid or in-person work? Yeah, definitely a great question. We've seen a lot of that more so in the news recently. And, you know, hybrid offices really cater to a diverse work style. It offers kind of freedom of choice for employees. It gives them that flexibility, really allows them to have better work habits and practices, a little bit of a smoother transition between tasks when they can work from a hybrid standpoint, really gives the employee the empowerment on kind of deciding when and how they work. And when you do that, you really increase job satisfaction and productivity. We've seen that a lot from a hybrid work standpoint. And just the collaboration among colleagues is also really enhanced, especially when you can go in, you can spend that time with your colleagues, socialize with them, have that collaboration with them. You know, and as you mentioned, one of the studies we did, really that 18 to 24-year-old age group is really wanting to come back in, wanting to really spend that time socializing with their friends and colleagues and really collaborating. And this is giving them that opportunity to do so, but with some of that flexibility. Yeah. And I feel like in today's workplace, in today's world, that flexibility and that trust in both your coworkers and your superiors goes a really long way. Definitely. It definitely does. And, you know, it it provides a lot of opportunity for in-the-moment conversations, which you may not have a chance to have when you are remote. So being able to be in person can kind of have some of those innovation conversations kind of in those moment conversations that you may not get to have when you're not there. Definitely. Like just speaking from experience, my position originally started completely remote. Now we go in once a week into the office. I love having my one-on-ones with my boss in person just because I feel like we either have more time to cover a broad range of topics or we just feel the ease to cover a broader range of topics. And even just in um, like those momentary conversations, like those small in-person chances, like last week we had lunch outside because the weather was beautiful and it was just a nice opportunity to get to like sit with the team outside of a more structured company lunch or dinner. Definitely agree. There's a lot of opportunity when you get a chance to come into an office to do that. And it becomes more natural in getting a chance to kind of take those breaks, see individuals that you may not get to see. Or same for my department. I'm in human resources and work with my team on a daily basis. But when I go into the office and get to visit our offices around the globe, it gives me that great opportunity to get to see others and talk to others that I normally wouldn't get a chance to speak to on a daily basis. And I remember reading in Aptura's study that two of the most appreciated things about going to work in the office is socializing with friends and colleagues and collaborating with coworkers. So how does in-office time and work contribute to company culture? Oh, I definitely think it has a big impact on company culture. You know, face-to-face interactions are just so nice to have. There's a lot of things while we see each other on Teams and on Zoom and see each other's faces, 
there's something to be said for seeing that person in person. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can be missed while you're on a call, like body language and just getting that chance to relax and have that time to talk to that individual and really having that interaction on a daily basis truly fosters a sense of community and belonging. You know, it's those personal connections and those relationships you can build on and strengthen, especially when you're in person. And it really does make an impact to the company culture. And also, like you mentioned a while ago, seeing your manager when you were in the office definitely gives you a chance to provide people immediate feedback, gives you a chance to spend time with them, give people feedback, recognize your team in the moment where you may not get to do that as much if you have a scheduled call or are working remote. And there's a lot of opportunity for mentoring and coaching when you come back into the office. You're allowed to see people that maybe, like I mentioned prior, you may not see on a daily basis, but can spend some time mentoring and coaching those on your team, on other teams, and kind of really build a strong collaboration across the organization. And do you have any advice on kind of starting or cultivating those mentorship relationships and programs, whether it's in-person or hybrid or remote? Great question. I think it's really just getting to know people, again, building those strong relationships with them. Seeing who you're really comfortable with, maybe who you have something in common with, building that camaraderie. And it definitely doesn't need to be somebody in your own department. It's great when it's, you know, cross-departmental, somebody in a different part of the organization or somebody that you may look up to or that is a path you want to take from a career standpoint. Once you get to know somebody, it's so much easier to reach out to somebody to talk to them about a mentoring or a coaching opportunity. Definitely. Just thinking about like the ability to reach out to people, one thing that's been hitting headlines recently is loneliness in the workplace and how many people, especially younger people, feel isolated. Kind of going back to your point about why so many young people are eager to have those in-person connections. So how exactly do in-person interactions that we've been talking about affect employee engagement, happiness, and collaboration? Yeah, great question there. I, I definitely think it makes a huge impact. I know in some of the studies we've done, uh, you know, a lot of the Gen Z generation either may live at home, may live where they have a lot of roommates, maybe not have a lot of space to have their own office. And so really being able to come in and spend that time with others and collaborate and start growing their career is really, really important and giving that time to have that socialization. And I think it's great, regardless of what generation you're in, being able to come to the office and spend that time together and kind of strengthening those bonds and really getting to know people as people and not just somebody that is on your team really makes a huge difference when it comes to returning to the office and spending that time with each other. Definitely. And like, I kind of know that firsthand. One of my best friends in New Haven is actually one of my coworkers who works on a different team. And I was new to New Haven at the time. She introduced me to her whole friend group. So now I've got a whole bunch more friends. <laughs> but we wouldn't <laughs> have really known each other, even though we'd been on calls together, if it hadn't been for uh, an in-person company holiday party. Oh, wow. That's great. I happen to have three Gen Z kids, and two of them started very similar to you, remote. And now love the ability to be able to go in, make those connections across the company, and actually have a great friend group provided to them because they've been able to go back in and spend time with others. Yeah. And like my sister had a very similar situation. Like she works remotely now because she moved to Colorado. But back when she was in D.C., she got to go out to lunch with her mentors, former bosses, current bosses, co-workers. And it's just crazy to think how the in-person casualness of the workplace is uh, still in flux, you know. And with that, people still cherish their remote work and their flexibility. Do you have any advice on how to implement any best practices for a hybrid work approach? 
Yeah, I definitely, that's a really good question. It requires, you know, a tailored approach, universally applied across the organization. So really making sure there is a strong emphasis from a hybrid work model, really combining that remote and in-person work. I think that's really, really important. Making sure you're understanding the data, really continuing to look at data, look at indicators, what are people saying? How are people feeling? Really seeking to understand, listening, and making sure we're understanding what people are wanting and what they need. And really paying attention, you know, to some of those statistics, as I mentioned, like when do people want to go in? How do they want to go in? What do they want it to look like? What are the best days for that? And being able to leverage that data and also listening to, you know, seeking to understand what everybody's wanting to do. And I think that's just really important as we continue this path to what that's going to look like. There's a lot of things that people can do and, you know, they may try something and it works great and then they just need to change it. There may be some bumps along the way where everybody can learn from and work towards what works best for everybody involved. Right. And like in my uh, previous job before this one, flexibility is just something that was really appealing to a lot of people. Like the company was really understanding of parents who would leave early so that they could pick up their kids from childcare, go to their kids' sports games. And just like the concept of some people are morning people, some people are afternoon people. You got to find the best hours for people to work. Definitely agree on that. Funny that you say that I'm a morning person. I'm always up really early and Mm -hmm. uh, some of my team members are not and love that they're not. um, But definitely figuring out what works well for everybody is really important. Yeah. And like you said, things change like before in the beginning of the whole pandemic situation. I was very much a morning person. I would work out at like 530 in the morning and now I cannot imagine being conscious at 530 (laughs) in the morning (laughs) and just understanding that people's needs change with time. Definitely. Definitely do. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about the benefits of in-person work and stuff like that. But of course, you're going to meet some resistance from people who just want to be strictly remote. Do you have any advice on how to navigate that kind of conversation to employees that are resistant to switching to hybrid or in-person work? Again, I think it goes back to seeking to understand, really listening and understanding what is the reason for that. You know, what is going on? Like you said, it may be something where somebody is Maybe they're not a morning person. That's okay. Maybe they're more of an afternoon person. And so maybe that they're not sure of those expectations of when they need to be in the office and what the flexibility looks like there. So I think being really transparent on that communication, making sure everybody understands what the company stance is on remote work, making sure there's policies and frameworks in place to allow people to understand, oh, I don't have to be there at 8 a.m. It's okay if I come in at 10 or I need to leave early because I need to, you know, pick up my children from school or get them to practice or whatever it may be. And so I think really, again, seeking to understand and really listening to understand why and if there's a solution around maybe that why. But again, being very transparent, what the company wants to do, what the company stance is on that, making sure there's equitable treatment for those that are in remote or coming into the office and kind of what that looks like. Right, definitely. Speaking towards transparency, I've noticed that in the past two plus years, there's been an increasing push for that. And that's something that Mm -hmm. employees really value. How do you see this approach to transparency kind of changing or evolving in the future? Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think, you know, we're all working towards the same goal, especially when you're an organization, you have the goals and objectives, you're all working to make a company to be a great and a wonderful organization. And I think it takes all of us 
the employees are really what makes the company, as we all know, and builds that culture and really making sure we're all working together on this and we're checking the pulse of those individuals and understanding how they feel and really listening to that and sharing that. We do a company-wide town hall on a monthly basis. That probably seems like a lot from some organizations, but really want to make sure, again, we're being transparent. We're allowing people to give that time to ask those questions whatever it may be, a lot around, you know, uh, return to office and in-office work and being able to have a great conversation with each person and making sure that, again, seeking to understand, I can't stress that enough, is really understanding how people are doing, how they're feeling, and making sure that we're being transparent back with how we're going to handle a situation. Right. Are there any other statistics or findings from Abtura's study that we haven't really touched on that either surprised you or that are kind of essential to understanding the landscape of remote and hybrid and in-person work? Oh, wonderful questions. There were so many statistics in the study that just were such wonderful data. I don't think there was anything that was really surprising. I think, you know, we need to also be thoughtful about how people want to show up. And there is a little bit difference from a generational standpoint. And also how people want to work and coming back into an office and collaborating. At times, you want to have a space to be able to collaborate, but also a space where people can go in and spend time if they need to take a call, need to have a meeting that is not out in the open. So really making sure we're also looking at our space and how we're continuing to modify that space to work with how everybody wants to come back. I think that's something that's really important that came out of the data to make sure we're continuing looking at how we are modifying our space to meet the needs of everybody. Yeah, we've experienced that firsthand. I intentionally try to avoid having podcast recordings on Wednesdays because that's when we're in the office and I just don't want to deal with the ambient noise in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also curious, are there any like buzzwords or trends in the HR space or the return to office space that's caught your attention lately? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think there are words I use on a daily basis, and maybe I forget that not everybody uses the same <laughs> words on a daily basis. So RTO, return to office, we shorten everything. Um, <laughs> so that's one that I'm sure most people have heard of by now. But, you know, flexible, hybrid, work tech is, you know, how do you want to work? How do you want to show up? Um, those are just a few of the words that I think are gaining a lot of traction now, but words we've probably used for the last uh, year or two. Yeah, definitely. And I have one final question. So since this podcast airs on Fridays, I'd love to know what you're looking forward to this weekend. Oh, gosh, I'm actually looking forward to spending time with my two daughters. They're coming home. So really nice to get a chance to spend time with them and do some stuff outdoors. It's starting to cool off a little bit here. I live in Austin, Texas, and it's been rather warm. So hoping to get outside and spend some time doing stuff with them. That's awesome. Do they live in Texas as well? It's a huge state, so I can imagine travels. Do they live even (laughs) farther? Yeah, I have one that lives here in Austin and one that lives in Dallas. So it's only about three and a half hours away, not too far. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That'll be such a fun, like, little family reunion this weekend. Looking forward to it, definitely. Yeah, and I hope the weather is temperate for Texas. (laughs) I hope you have some nice outdoor time. Definitely getting there. And Carol, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. So nice to speak to you as well. I really appreciate it. Of course. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.